Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate, and I'm the minister here. We have a slightly different order, as uh, hopefully your usher shared with you as you came in. We want to start with music. We want to end with music. We want to have more music in the middle with our second hymn uh, coming back in the middle of the service. So I want to point out a couple things to you with the bulletin uh, very quickly before the announcements. If you'll turn to the front cover with the picture. You'll see a listing of all of our staff members, including our latest hire, the financial director, Jimmy Davis. Uh, he will be here during business hours, two days a week. And uh, we're just over our, is it over your heels? Over the moon? Whatever you are. We are truly happy uh, with his hiring. He is uh, going to be a great asset to us. You can email any member of our staff by, ty by typing Memorial UMC, the staff member's first name, and you can reach them. The major thing I want you to see is the pastoral care emergency phone. If you see that on the bottom of the listing paragraph, call that number. You'll immediately get a voicemail. Leave a voicemail as to exactly who you are, your phone number, and the situation so that we can reach you as quickly as possible, whether I'm the one that's in town or someone else. I want to get you entirely away from calling any other number but that one. That one will get you the fastest uh, response for us to help you in an emergency. If you turn to the bulletin, um, we've made just slight shifts of the chiming is at the front. We laughed a little bit about when the chiming's at the end. If y'all heard the chiming, you might just leave, figuring that was time to go. Um, but instead, it's going to lead off the service. We also have a second hymn in the middle of the service coming off the doxology. And we've shifted the numbers over to the left side just for it to be uh, simpler and cleaner. Uh, look. Um, so let me start with the announcements very quickly. Um, we had an exploring memorial class today. It was a, a great class. We did a tour. Uh, we learned more about uh, uh, ourselves, other new visitors, about the staff, about our church. I encourage you, every time you hear of a gathering that's coming, and they vary in their dates and times based on holidays, uh, to come to our exploring memorial class. Uh, our books are here for uh, Bishop Williman's books that we'll be using through October 16th. They're in the back. If you'll simply indicate your name and we'll settle uh, the cost of it, it's $7 later because I know everybody's doing it at the exact same time. We've hired a new person for contemporary worship. Caitlin Owens is in that uh, Owens family tree, that, uh, uh, one of the big oaks of our, is it, would it be appropriate to say Owens or maybe it's the other one? Uh, but anyway, um, a family member here in our church is our new 9 o'clock uh, director. She's doing a tremendous job already. We have an August 21st training for children's ministry volunteers. Even if you're wondering if you're going to volunteer, I encourage you to go to that so that you can fully understand what we're doing. It's at 11 a.m. next week, and I know that's a strange time. Um, it's, it's so that um, we can meet the schedules of all the crazy things going on in parents' lives. Uh, so we encourage people to come uh, to the 9 o'clock and go to the training. Um, the straight room is the middle room on the top hallway in the Family Life Center. And it will, be, it will start up in the straight room and you'll get a tour of everything in children's ministries. I saw a number of people clicked on the podcast, so I think a number of you have found it. It's very simple to find. And it's a 15-minute um, uh, conversation with Kristen Dollar, who's the minister at Faith United Methodist, just down 14. It sets you up for this Sunday, for the Sunday that's coming. It's called the Sunday Scripture Podcast. Uh, you can play it easily on your computer. Just pull it up, uh, pull up a Google search and type Sunday Scripture Podcast. Uh, I've seen a number of you watching the service online on YouTube. I know you're capable of this uh, technological feat as well. Um, we have our first Wednesday dinner 
The first one will be in September. Uh, so that'll be on a Wednesday night. It's, we've got a bluegrass band coming, so I encourage you to not make dinner plans on the first Wednesday in September and come join us. You'll have an opportunity to give us RSVPs um, in the time just before that to make sure that we know. So if you'll stand and join me in hymn number 139.
Please join me in affirming our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Our first scripture lesson for today is from the book of Psalm, chapter 98, verses 1 through 6. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. This is the word of God for the people of God.
Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this day, for this house in which we may come and gather. We thank you for the work of Bishop Williman, for the scriptures that you've given us, for the amazing songs that inspire us, for the opportunity to worship corporately, to understand our participation in your calling, and that we are in this together. We pray to you, Lord, know that you, knowing that you are listening for all the concerns that are in our bulletin, in our hearts, those that have we shared with one another in Sunday school, we give them to you. And though the timing may be different than we'd like, though the answer may be different than we'd like, we know that you are present with us, loving us. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. It's now time for our offering. I also invite you to pass the um, uh, sign-in register to the end of your pew if you haven't already. If you're a visitor and would like us to contact you, uh, let us know in any way, and you'll see above our financial report a way to give uh, online and with your cell phone.
Please be seated. 
I think any change that puts Don on the piano a little bit more in the service is a positive change, is it not? I love it. Dale Strickland is a member of our choir and also has decades of experience in directing. And we're grateful, Dale, for you uh, subbing for Renessa today and this week. Thank you. We start with our book this week. Um, we have books in the back if you'd like one. We also have uh, copies of the sermon in the back uh, if you should want to follow along for any reason. We start with Fear the Other, uh, No Fear in Love. It's a book by Bishop Will Wellerman, uh, his latest. He's a prolific writer. Um, as a local boy, grew up in Greenville, went to Buncombe Street, served churches in the Greenville district, worked at, uh, was the dean of the chapel at Duke University for decades, impacting all kinds of seminary students, and then was the bishop of the North Alabama, Alabama Annual Conference, and uh, has since retired and is back uh, at Duke Chapel uh, being around students, his favorite thing possible. And he wrote this book, we're going to use it in worship, um, and he, he is going to be here on October 16th um, uh, to worship with us, so grateful for that. So we're going to look at Romans chapter 5, starting with verse 1, and that's found on page 752 in your pew Bible, or a couple pages within that, and I invite you to leave the book open. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith... We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Romans. Who is some heavy stuff. I have a Spotify account. I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with that. It's... Um, just an electronic music account, any song that you've ever heard of, you can find it and have it on your phone. I thought, I wonder if they have the Bible. And they do. And I downloaded the whole thing onto my phone. And I listen to it just whenever I'm doing anything, walking the dog, whatever. And I'll make little notes in my phone if something occurs to me. Can't listen to Romans when you're walking the dog. It's too heavy. You have to stop every two seconds and say, wait a minute, hold on now. What did you just say? He packs so much in such small spaces, and this is a perfect example. First thing I want you to notice is he says, peace with God. This is an elusive concept in the Bible. It's an elusive concept with us. It's an elusive concept in any relationship that we have, whether it be home, work, uh, church, neighborhood, due to a couple different factors. How about impatience? You ever get impatient with God? You know, I know that um, you told me this thing, and I know that you made promises, and I know that I asked yesterday for the thing that I wanted in order to believe in you, and I haven't gotten it yet today. We get upset sometimes. We want answers faster. There's plenty of stories in the Bible in which someone was to wait to hear an answer. They couldn't wait. They had to get going. And whether you've done that with God or not, or with the church or not, I bet you've done it. You know, you've thought, uh, you know, I can't wait. I'm going to have to go ahead and do something for the good or the bad. Confusion. Wait, did he say we were supposed to do this or we were supposed to do this? Are those religious leaders are saying one thing and Jesus is saying another thing? I don't know exactly what we're supposed to do. And of course, confusion boils down to communication. My father-in-law says 90, 90 plus percent of any problem you ever have anywhere is whether you've communicated enough with one another and whether you've heard it. And so there's times when God has said something, or Jesus has said something, and those involved have said, oh wait, what did he say back there? Well, we better not ask him, because then he'll know we weren't listening. 
we better just move on and hope that we get it right. We may listen to God. We may read the text. We may understand exactly what we're supposed to do. But we may want to do our own thing. Selfishness is another thing that can get in the way of what we're trying to do. Impatience, confusion, lack of communication, selfishness. These things cost us peace with God and peace with one another. Because we're not doing uh, exactly what we should do with all those things lacking. And of course, Paul is writing after tremendous violence. This is after Jesus' death and resurrection. So there were plots by his family, even when he was alive. When he was in the uh, synagogue and he uh, read the text and it said one was to come and he said, that one is me. The people in the worship service said, are you crazy? And they pushed him out to a cliff. Of course, he went uh, through a trial that was agonizing and then had a, a, a brutal sentence. After all that, Paul is writing to these people saying that peace is the way to do it. In the, way, in the face of all of this violence. The response of Jesus in life, in death, and in resurrection was peace and service in the face of violence and selfishness. You ever think, you know, I tried it for five minutes. Nobody's going to do it. I'm done. <laughs> Jesus did it for three years. And even his best and his brightest struggled at times to understand what they were to do and to overcome their own selfish tendencies. The culmination of that peace is at the end, after his resurrection. The story that we read in the midst of our On the Water series, where Jesus meets the disciples who have caught nothing, he cooks them a meal, and he says to Peter, Peter, I know, wow, that really fell apart. The thing that we were talking about doing... Now, I get why it fell apart. I get that you're human. I get that there was violence threatened towards you. But man, it fell apart. Do you love me? And what did Peter say? You know I love you. Well, this is what I need you to do. Do you love me? You know I love you. This is what I need you to do. So Paul is talking about peace after violence. Of course, he's talking about that peace in the name of God and in the spirit of Jesus. Then he says, we're going to boast in the hope of the glory of God. Now, it'd be fun to have, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. It'd be fun to have a screen and we could do a poll and I could instantly give you all a poll. We can instantly see the results. One of these four things that you're most likely to boast about. Your family, something you're proud of in your family. Work, something that you accomplished at work. This is when you see loved ones and you want to share something. Household duties, hey, there was a cup in the den. I took it to the dishwasher. I took it all the way. I put it in. Anybody notice? Anybody see I put the cup in the dishwasher? I might have even put it in the right spot. Sports, did you see what my bulldogs did the other day? Whatever that may be. Which one of those are you most likely to brag about? Which one are people most likely to listen to without getting tired of you doing it? This is interesting. He changes it. He says, we are going to boast in the hope of God. She might need some water. Here. Here, Jacob. Take that water to her. Um, we're going to boast in the hope of the glory of God. 
You ever see how much fun it is to give somebody credit? If you're in a public place or you're at a family reunion or you're at whatever you're doing and you say, so-and-so is doing such a cool thing. Isn't that fun? He says, we're going to boast in the hope of the glory of God, not ourselves. Verse 3. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, God died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You ever think, does that person deserve that really? Whatever that thing may be, that accolade, that salary, that forgiveness, that acceptance. You ever wonder, what, that, this person? The scripture is so perfect. It says, God died for us at the right time for us sinners. Us, not y'all sinners. Or y'all sinners. Or y'all sinners. Us, sinners. And hope does not put us to shame, he says. Of course, plenty of people have put Paul to shame in this moment and prior to this moment. I'll give you a, a simple list. He used to be with the people persecuting Christians. Violently. He was a champion-level persecutor of Christians. Then he left that side and went to the Christian side. What do you think the, his fellow persecutors thought of him? Are you crazy? What are you doing? Then he came to the Christian side. The people, uh, let me see if I can get the grammar, to which he was <laughs> persecuting, whatever. The people that were the subjects of his persecution. And he came to their side. What do you think they thought of him coming over? Are you crazy? You coming over here? Or maybe they're just insanely happy. What do you think the neutral people thought? So you're going to the side where the guy was tried, found guilty, and crucified outside of town during one of our highest holy holidays? That's the guy you're going with? Okay. But I'm not going with him. Let me give you a modern example that's obviously different. Uh, Kevin Durant is a current NBA player. He's on the Olympic team. If you're watching the Summer Olympics, uh, he is on our Olympic team. He has played his entire career in Oklahoma City, but for the first year when their franchise was in Seattle. That's nine years. 641 games. You know how many games out of that he started? 641. You know how many times he's been the source of a major media controversy? None. You know how, time, how many times he says, me first, it's going it's to be about me? But recently, this season, on May 26th, he was in a seven-game series with his Oklahoma City Thunder, game five. They had won three out of the first four. They needed to only win one more. It's best out of seven. And they're playing the Golden City Warriors. Golden State Warriors, I'm sorry. They just got to win one. 
They lost three in a row. Golden State won game five, six, and seven to win the series and knock his Oklahoma City Thunder out. Kevin has scored 17,000 points in nine years in 641 games. And as a free agent, he decided that he wanted to leave his team. He wanted to go somewhere else. That's sort of the modern way. And do you know where he went? Golden State. The people at Golden State obviously are happy to have another excellent player, but I'm sure they thought, really, coming from Oklahoma City? What do you think the people in Oklahoma City thought? Let's take these jerseys that we've bought for our family and let's burn them publicly and put it on YouTube. People lose their minds over sports. Let's burn this jersey. Normal, level-headed sportscasters just railed on him, calling him a coward, calling him weak, saying he's chasing a championship ring. You know, when I was in the seventh grade, that was the peak of ESPN for me, watching SportsCenter every, uh, you know, my time would be about over. I'd watch it every summer morning about three times. Same show, just repeated. Now there are about five of those. And it's funny how a lot of the ESPN people have seen a better contract or better opportunity at another network, and guess where they've gone? Other network. Guess how many people who have gone to those other networks have said that Kevin Durant is a coward for moving his team? Fair number. Isn't that something? Now, I'm not here saying he's the greatest person that's ever been. I'm saying that we humans tend to look at something that a human has done that we haven't necessarily done exactly and we say, wow, isn't that person awful? Isn't that person a coward? Isn't that person the thing that's getting in the way of me doing the thing that I want to do? Why do we do that? Because we feel a burden. We feel shame at times based on the violence that we've given God through our actions and our words. And the way to relieve that shame is to figure someone else is more shameful than us. Period. But Paul in this text says, love has been poured out. Kristen on the podcast said, if love love comes from God, ultimately. God is the source of love. And so if we've cut off God, then we figure we have to shame others to feel okay. Paul is, no question, being shamed from every level, from every type of human. Yet he writes, love has been poured out. It's because his eyes are upon God. So understanding all that, I'll turn to the quote of the day from Bishop Willimon. He said, as Christians, we are prejudiced towards hospitality, particularly for those in need, because that's the way God in Christ has treated us and commanded us to treat others. Have you heard prejudice used in a positive way many times? That's one of my favorite things about Bishop Willimon is he'll take a word or a concept that has been used in a very negative way, and he said, no, we're not using it that way anymore. We're going to spin it. He said, we will lean ourselves towards hospitality. We will consider the other. We will welcome people because God first welcomed us. Kristen said, that's how our brains naturally operate to separate people. 
to file people, to separate our lives into different parts, to categorize. And at times we categorize too quickly, and at times we categorize with a negative spin. So here's our new prejudice. Hospitality. Welcoming in every way possible. God establishes peace and actively creates situations in which people can lead and serve. People who thought they were on the outside. People who thought they were on beyond the edge. God responds to violence with opportunity. And God does not put us to shame. So if we're following what God is doing, then we're going to be prejudiced towards hospitality. We're going to establish peace. We're going to actively seek situations in which we can share peace with others. We're going to respond to violence with opportunity and peace. And we will not put people to shame. Period. Because they'll feel welcome here in the name of God because of our actions and our words. Let us pray. Lord, sometimes we listen, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we do what you say, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we have hope and sometimes we don't. Most often when we're thinking about ourselves. Help us, Lord, to focus on the love that has been poured out by you. The hope that is offered to us that does not put us to shame. The peace that has started every conversation you've started with a human being. And the prejudice to hospitality to our community. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If you'll stand and join me for our final hymn, number 98.
Thank you for participating with us as we shift the worship order. I think we're going to have a little more time than normal, but there'll be times when we have extra things going on. And so that will um, be used for that. And if you get out a little earlier and get to lunch a little faster, y'all ever get upset about that? No, I don't think anybody's been upset about that. Dale, thank you for joining us again today. We appreciate that. Um, Bishop Willeman's book is in the back. You can also find it online anywhere. You can find the podcast by searching Sunday Scripture Podcast. I encourage you to do it as part of our intentional faith development. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.